This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Today, Dave and I are going to reach back into the shadows of our memory and recall a fine day we had together on Elk Creek near Augusta, Montana, population 315, 36 years ago. Wow, 36, 36 years ago. 36 years ago. I don't know if Augusta had 315 people then or not. Probably it was in the, the, the 200s or something. I think I weigh about the same as I did 36 years ago. What do you think? I thought you were going to say 315. <laughs> I hope not. No. No, not even close. <laughs> Well, we were college buddies, and a friend named Ty introduced us to this stunning creek. Uh, flows out of the Scapegoat Wilderness area, isn't yep, that right, Dave? that's right. Well, we fished it together a couple times in the fall of 1981 and 1982, and uh, Dave went back there later when he lived in North Dakota. I suppose our memories of those few times are going to blend together. I mean, I, I can't tell you... The difference between 81 and 82. Well, I can. Something funny happened in 82 that we'll get to. <laughs> but we're going to reminisce a bit so that we can, in the words of a Glenn Campbell classic, figure out what keeps Elk Creek moving in the back roads by the rivers of our memory that keeps it ever gentle on our mind. Oh, my, Steve. I think you need to <laughs> stick to a radio announcing. Oh, come on. I thought you were going to break down and cry after that moving, uh, stirring... Uh, uh, reflection on those uh, lyrics of that great song. Well, anyway, forget that. Let's talk about Elk Creek. <laughs> uh, for starters, uh, why was it such a magical place? Well, first, it's one of the many, many small creeks in Montana that simply don't get fished much. Right. And yet, it holds really large fish. I caught brookies. I caught browns. I caught rainbows. It was amazing. It's just amazing fishery. Oh, I know. It reminded me a little bit of uh, 16 Mile, where you're fishing in a, you know, in a small, medium-sized stream. But, boy, there are some big fish. And it's just gorgeous. I mean, it comes out of the Scapegoat Wilderness area. You can see the mountains. And uh, we actually fished it a couple places. We, we fished it on a, on a ranch. Called Flossies. That's right. Well, she was about a 90-year-old woman oh when back then. Yeah. And I think she lived another couple years because when uh -huh. I went back a couple years later, I probably went back four or five years later, I had, I had to get permission from a, some, well, I had to get permission from someone who actually purchased the property okay. from her. We fished there, and that was where the best fishing was. Remember, we drove on up into the National Forest property where you, you can actually stop at the trailhead and walk in, hike into the scapegoat wilderness area. But remember, we would camp up there, and it was a smaller stream up towards the a lot base smaller. of the mountains. But we caught some, uh, you know, some smaller brookies. Eight, ten inch. Yeah. You know, was, eight to ten inch brookies. That was a lot of fun. Just it, it should gorgeous. Be, we should just say the view is unbelievable. If you've been to Montana, oh. they call it big sky country. And so this creek is really running through a pasture and coming mm -hmm. out of the scapegoat wilderness. So you yeah. don't, it's not timbered where right. we were fishing right. on, on Flossie's property. Yeah. So you look up and you see these majestic mountains to the oh. west and to the south. Yep. 
and it is the scapegoat wilderness and behind that is the bob marshall wilderness and mm-hmm. to the north is ultimately glacier national right. park right northwest I mean, you get yeah, to glacier northwest yeah just a so this creek setting. is ju- it's perfect because one there's not a lot to get caught in terms of your back cast mm-hmm. and there were also a bunch of beaver ponds and i that's caught right. some really big browns out of those beaver ponds that's it when you find beaver ponds you you tend to find some large fish and if, if they're browns uh that's where they're they grow be. big yeah they really grow yep, big they really are so, so what do you remember about the place I, I I remember the the scenery i remember how great the fishing was i i remember camping out at night you know we're 18 19 years old had our had our tents uh little you know build a campfire and man we thought we were living well we, we were, were living we were we man really to go were. do that again oh I you know have it. all this noise in your head as a yeah. young man about mm-hmm. your future and where you're mm-hmm. going and and I wish I had the noise in my head today but could experience that fully right so yeah. you probably mm-hmm. I'm sure I didn't fully appreciate what I was doing mm-hmm. and where I yeah. was and how how special that opportunity was. It was really a unique time in oh, our lives. It was. I think I did have the sense, not because of any maturity, but because of growing up in central Illinois. <laughs> I, I headed west because I wanted, I, I spent summers in Montana, Idaho, Colorado, Wyoming. And so I, I wanted to, to go to college in the west and so I, I did have that sense of oh this is incredible but yeah i look back and think yeah I, but even then i didn't realize what a yeah what a gorgeous i knew it was a gorgeous place but that wow in some ways there's places like that all over the west but that was unique yeah it really, it really was, unique. was unique. never found anything quite like that and when i went back about three or four years later the beaver ponds had silted yeah and mm-hmm. so the fishing was still good they st- there's some really nice runs there mm-hmm. there's a place called sparrow canyon and that we called sparrow canyon yeah. just because of all the sparrow nests in this oh, little yeah. bend in the river oh yeah i forgot about that yeah 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 man, oh, man. I, I was fishing that once i don't think you were with me it was later and i was fishing it right at dusk and i was fishing these big hopper patterns and the browns would just swirl at the top you could see their fins oh, you could man. see the movement you just would cast it just a little bit above them let it drift by it i'm just huh. saying it was like some of the best fishing at least in my mind that oh. i ever had well it, it was i i remember that it was it was tremendous i mean back back in those early days late teens early 20s i don't think i fished anything dave that was that was that good it, it really was and like you said, it was beautiful. I remember one night, you know, I think we said that we went there twice. You know what? I'm pretty sure there was a third time. We went one time with our friend Paul. Well, Paul oh, went with man. us because he was, what? what is Paul? Is he seven, eight years older yeah, than we are? Yeah, he's eight years older than we are. And now that I look back, I realize Paul was looking out for us because he thought, you know, here are a couple of uh, Two eighteen-year-olds or nineteen-year-olds, nineteen-year-olds that are green, probably going to do something stupid. And you remember that was the weekend we had this backpacking trip planned into the Little Belt Mountains near Great Falls, and it was just a deluge of rain. But we were stubborn, like we're going to go do this anyway. And Paul came along, I think, to make sure we didn't 
do something stupid, get stranded in the backcountry. Well, we decided on the way. There's no way we're going to backpack into this, but let's drive to Augusta. Anyway, I I remember about that. Just had this memory that surfaced. I have not thought about this in 36 years. Wow. I remember there was so much rain that on on the way to Great Falls, oh. I had to lean out <clears throat> no. the window. No, I happened. leaned out the window and told you where to drive. I'm getting mud flying mud, in my but face. But I did too. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Remember that? Yeah, it was on, so it's on a state highway. But you know how it is? There's a stretch of a mile where they've they've torn the pavement out. It's gravel, and yeah, it rained so hard. I'll never forget that. We're both looking out, mud's flying in our face. It's it's on your windshield. The windshield wipers are going full speed, but there was absolutely no way you could see. Oh, my word. <laughs> Isn't that a great memory? That's right. And Paul's in the back, I'm sure, thinking, what did I get myself into? Yeah. We needed a little bit of parental oversight oh, we did. during those years. We did. But the memory I was thinking of when one of those nights that finally the, the rain had stopped, the clouds kind of lifted, and about dusk, I think we had finished fishing. We're back at our campsite. We said, hey, let's just drive up to the trailhead and walk in just a little ways. And we hiked in, I don't know, half a mile and ended up on this hillside overlooking, you know, the scapegoat wilderness area, these gorgeous mountains. What's the mountain range? There's, I don't, it's the sawtooth, I think. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. And the big one there is the, I think it's called Steamboat Mountain. That's it. And we were looking from east to west, and so the sun is setting over this. It was one of the most gorgeous sunsets that I, uh, I remember. And wow, it was. Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah. But hey, what was the fishing like? Well, the fishing was unbelievable, and it's I terrific. think for me it was a transition period in my fishing career. Career. Yeah, I like uh, the sound of that. Fishing yes. life. Yes. I was transitioning from spinners to fly fishing. And so I did fish mm-hmm. spinners. I probably may have even slung a worm or two at least that first year. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if and, you did, I did. And, yes. and I went back at least once in which I actually kept some of the oh, yeah. fish. We that kept was pre fish. catch I mean, and release. Right. And we would keep the fish and, and then we'd fry them that night absolutely. for dinner. So yeah, it absolutely. Was, yeah, it was, that was fine. It's old school, baby. Oh, it was. Well, I remember that too. I had an identity crisis. Am I going to keep spin fishing or fly fishing? And I really wanted to fly fish and I wanted to catch big fish on, uh, I was mostly dry fly fishing and using some hoppers. And I, I would here or there, but man, I would go back to a I'd go back to a MEP spinner and a little ultralight rod because that's what I knew to use. Man, I caught a lot of fish on those MEP spinners. Oh, I know it. Back in the day. And actually, those were ones you had made. I think you gave me a bunch of. I did make some spinners. That's right. Yeah, I would use the MEP spinners because they work better, and I'd give you the ones I made. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really, Uh, really. I tell you what, there are some there are some great (laughs) memories, uh, some really great memories from. you know, those trips. And I, you know, one I remember, Dave, I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, this is in a day when we're, we're eating everything that we caught. And I remember you caught this big, beautiful fish and you actually, you gutted it out, but somehow the, 
you know, and you're right beside the, the creek, but the, the nerve endings in that thing, it started flopping. It, you've already gutted it out, and it, it swam back into the Into creek. the deep pool. I now remember that. And I think Holy you, cow. And, and it never went, came up to the surface. No, and you went charging after it. And I think you even, did you stick your face down in? Because you were determined to get that trout. <laughs> I never got it. I no, don't think I ever didn't. got that fish out of there. That was the weirdest thing. And I, I remember saying to you, Dave, I've heard that happen with, with rattlesnakes. And I remember back in, my, in Pennsylvania where my folks are both from and we'd visit there. I remember one time there was, my dad, we were driving down a highway. He ran over a rattlesnake. And, of course, I wanted to get out with him. He says, no, don't. He said, uh, you know, these things can be dangerous even after they're dead. You know, they, they can have like these tremors, you know, nerve endings. I, I don't know all the science behind it, but but all of a sudden it'll clamp down. Well, I, that's what that fish did. Yeah. And I had completely eviscerated it. It had yeah, nothing on right. the inside. No, no. That's like, and I remember you, you were so stunned. I was so stunned too, <laughs> but was, I thought it was kind of funny because you got wet and you... Probably that was back in the day when we were competitive, and I'm thinking, wow, good, you know, you, you can't count that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we were both wet wading. I don't think we were wearing waders. Oh, no. It was no, so no. hot. I'll tell you what we were wearing, Dave. We were wearing cut-off shorts, you know, with our <laughs> jeans where the white pocket actually sticks below the, 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 the shorts themselves. Oh, man. Oh, we were such losers. I My know. goodness. But I do remember uh, being there. Time just seemed to stand still, didn't it? It really did. And didn't it? one of the best memories is when you and I, I think, took our friend Alan there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we could not, for the life of us, figure out why Alan beat us. He would come back with this creel full yeah. of huge trout. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah. how does this work? Because we both kind of considered him a hack. Because at yeah. that point, you're always superior to the other people. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a yeah. young man's disease. Yeah. Until you hit mm-hmm. about 35 or 40, you're still thinking yourself yeah. is better. If you're 55 and thinking yeah. yourself as better than someone, you're, you really haven't right. taken the right yeah. journey. Yet. So, um, but, but And I think it's because he, we were more serious about fishing than he was. But it's like some others we've known that you just have these people that have the golden touch. But you know what he was doing? Yeah. He was fishing streamers. That's, that's right. He yep. was fishing that uh, muddler right. minnow. Yeah, okay. And he would come back with these huge browns. And we're like, what? What? Yeah. Anyway, but that, that is one of the... That makes me feel a lot better. He was fishing like, streamers. You know, and that's the one regret I have when I look back at, you know, those young years, those late teen years, early 20s. I, I wish I had learned to fly fish a lot sooner. But, you know, that, that's life. You can't, but... Those early days were all dry fly no. fishing and, and really mostly with the tractor patterns. And so we weren't nymphing and we right. weren't streamer fishing. We weren't throwing meat out there. But so. hey, I have another memory from that trip with Alan. Oh, no. And I'm sorry to bring this up. Uh, maybe one of those not so good things. I mean, th- <laughs> this could have happened to anybody. It's happened to me too. But uh, we're, we're getting, we're, we're done fishing for the afternoon. We're putting our stuff in the trunk of your blue Chevy Nova. Was that a 1972 Nova? No, no, it was a 1971 Chevy Nova. It was a 305. It had a power glide Mm, transmission. I'm just saying I never lost a race with that thing, ever. Oh, man. Especially if I was like going about 20 miles an hour, like you're on a stretch, you're looking over at the car beside you, and all of a sudden you punch wow. it, it would throw you into the back seat. Oh, it man. was unbelievable. Wow. I think 
I said this on another episode, but I've got to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So you remember our friend Eric? Oh, yes. So he mm-hmm. had a Mustang. I think he had a 73 Mustang. Okay. So I had my 71 Nova. So for some reason, we ended up, he ended up passing me on a highway. And I looked over and saw, hey, that's Eric. So it's about 11 o'clock. And this or is probably near Lewistown, Montana. Lu- right? Near Lewistown, yeah. Montana. Mm-hmm. So we're on this stretch of Montana Highway. It's a moonlit night, full moon. Yeah. And so he passes me and I punch it. Oh, so the next oh, thing you no. know, we're going down the highway at about 120. Oh, no. I'm and glad then, I was not in there. And then it was 100. So my car started to shake at 120. The front end oh, started wow. to shake. And then once I got past 125, 130, past 135 because the speedometer went up to 140. I hope your kids are not listening. I think it went actually only up to 120. (laughs) But once I got, like when I buried it, it started to, Mm. well, it stopped shaking. And all of a sudden there was this smooth ride. So here we are. And then we shut our lights off. (laughs) No. Seriously, it was so moonlit. So here we are going 100, at least 120. I was going, I had a needle bearing. We're side by side. Mm. It was like one of those stupid male things that you do before your brain matures fully develops oh my and it did occur to me all of a sudden oh what if a deer popped out oh man or what if i blew out a tire and then i like totally backed off and i had the fear of god in me for the rest of the evening oh my word but we were literally for probably a good half well probably a good mile we were at about 130 miles oh my word no lights on that is insane well that's gonna make the rest of this story feel like a dud (laughs) so back to my riveting account Okay, so this we, is why we needed Paul with us. That's yes, that's right. So we're putting stuff in the trunk. You shut the trunk. We go to get into the car. Oh, doors are locked. Okay, where are the keys? Well, they turned out to be in the trunk. In my fly vest. In your trunk. <laughs> well, when we finally realized it, we went, "Oh my!" Because we are way up on this road towards the national forest. Mm-hmm. So I think it was even much farther past Flossie's where That's, we were yes, normally you're fishing. You're right. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So. There is actually nothing to do. We had no tools, oh, man. nothing to get into the trunk, yeah. and we're kind of just sitting there. Well, along comes a farmer in an old pickup truck, and we flag him yep. and say, hey, can you know, we just locked our keys in our trunk, and he's like, well, I think the only solution is, is this. He handed me a hammer yeah. and a, <laughs> a screwdriver. screwdriver. So we punched out the lock oh. on my 1970 no- 1971 Nova. That. I did. Oh, yeah. Punched out the lock, the trunk lock. I was, I was mm. beside myself. Yeah. And then I had to use a screwdriver to open it up to reach in there and turn the lock just to, you know. Oh, so at some yeah. point I got it fixed and it was probably a four or $500 you know, oh, man. four or $500 mistake, but man, it ruined the entire rest of the day. I was just beside oh. myself thinking about what my dad was going to say. I was in college at the yeah. time and you, you know, you have no extra money. Oh, oh man. My. Wow. That was a great car. It though. was a great, great car. That was a great car. A lot of, a lot of stories. Let me t- say one story about the National Forest camping. So you and I camped there. Yeah. But when I went back, probably three or four years later, I went with a friend and I woke up in the middle of the night, camped there at that National Forest, right mm-hmm. where Elk Creek runs by, and heard this sniffing. Oh, wow. So it's midnight, two o'clock, and I was so freaked out. 
and yeah. I did not have a firearm with me. The oh, next man. year I went back, I had my dad's 30-30, but that night I had no firearm with me, and you know, I just became still and, and thinking, okay, this thing's going to go away. I was thinking, well, is it a raccoon? It probably was a bear. It probably was a well, grizzly yeah, bear. I remember seeing bear traps there. In fact, weren't we fishing one time when when uh, there was a helicopter, the Forest Service. And they had pulled a grizzly pulled bear up. out yeah, of there. Yeah. yeah. They were t it was probably a problem mm, bear yeah. that they were moving to the backcountry. So that's probably what you heard. Oh, man. Wow. I have been scared on several occasions man. in life. That was one of the most... Uh, nerve-wracking moments wow. of my outdoor life well, how fun to reminisce about this so i guess to wrap this up what can we take away from the experience well one is great memories grow sweeter as well as more bloated with time yeah what you know mean, what do you mean bloated with meaning time? it's they you conflate stories <laughs> yeah memory yeah. is, is mm -hmm. not pure right no, so when not. you remember something I know that I'm conflating probably four or five trips into this one episode, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. I, I was there quite a few times. Yep. But those fir that first time, I do remember mm -hmm. Ty. I do remember catching those fish out of the mm -hmm. beaver ponds. But it's such a sweet memory. And it also, yep. I tell you what I love about Montana fly fishing is they have a stream access law, mm -hmm. which says that you can fish on any piece of property up to the high water mark right unless it's a spring creek unless it's a spring creek yep. and you can get access in fact in 2009 they passed another law that said that you can get access on bridges or and where it co crosses yeah. like county roads mm -hmm. you have the right to get on t to that yeah. uh, stream so you don't have that in colorado no you don't have that in many other areas right. so we were able to fish elk creek because we got access yep. to uh to flossie's property we just went up to her, her door and asked her yeah but y later trying to find out who owned that land was really uh, hard yeah. and it was i think it was late 80s 90s when that stream access law actually went into effect uh -huh. so it's one of the great gifts of montana and i know most people when they go out there they go out on guided trips. They fish the Yellowstone. They fish the Gallatin. They f and those are all oh, great yeah. places. But there are cabillion small creeks with yep. terrific fishing. And yeah, there really are. And you and, uh, and Elk Creek was one of those creeks. It was just one yep. of those great memories. And it was an experience that it shaped how I fished for the well for the last 36 yeah, years man so anyway it was just well, a terrific experience i think my takeaway is similar i mean fishing trips make memories that last a lifetime and i think too they have a hand in shaping who you are i mean you said that i would say this dave i think that trip continued to feed or to fuel my love for wild places yeah wow i've always had that but i i still look back on that and th think you know when i was in that moment i i remembered thinking Okay, th this is this is the ultimate. This is the kind of country that I like to to fish in, to camp in, and I've looked for places like that my whole life. Yeah. You know, and, and we found some really good ones. But it's uh, you know that was uh, that was one of those places where you said that this has everything that we we really want. Great memories. Yeah, great terrific memories. memories. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. You know, Dave, I did not tell you this, but I was looking back through comments the other day and I realized that I think I was too dense to miss the subtle humor of one of our listeners. And I think this might have been one of those cases. So 
Uh, I'm going to read a comment from a reader named Tim. This is on our piece, When to Cast Your Fly Downstream. And one of the times we mention is when you fish streamers in a deep run. So this was his comment. See what you think. He said, I've never been comfortable fishing streamers. I've never been comfortable with the stripping part. Well, I didn't get that. I answered that sympathetically and said, well, you'll get better with practice. <laughs> yeah, think about that. You'll get better with practice. Great. He may have been trying to crack a joke. Tim, I hope you are uh, listening to this. If, if that's the case, uh, I'm sorry I missed your humor. Steve is a little dense, a little serious. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to encourage him not to give up on streamer fishing. Uh, yeah. So listen, when I said uh, you will, you'll get better with practice. I I meant stripping in streamers, uh, not stripping. You oh, probably get goodness. better with the other as well. But. Oh my goodness! All right, that's going to do it for today. What do you remember about a fly fishing experience uh, many many years ago? Maybe there's something that happened uh, ten years ago. If you're in your thirties or or maybe it is two or three decades ago, but what do you remember about that experience? A great experience from a long time ago. Please go to twoguysinariver.com, comment on this podcast link, and if you say something humorous, I will try to pick that up. I'll do my best. So uh, what do you remember about a great fly fishing experience from many years past? You can find Two Guys in a River really on all the social platforms. We do publish one new episode of this podcast each week, and you can find that on our website or find it via podcast or another app on your iPhone or other smartphone. One more thing, we've received a lot of notes from you thanking us for this podcast. And we appreciate that. Yeah, those. very really grateful. Do. And several of you have asked what you can do to help us promote it. And really, it's not that complicated. The first thing is that you can let your fly fishing friends and TU chapter know about it, know about our website, know about the podcast. Just refer it. That's huge because it increases our subscribers and our listenership. The other thing is if you want to and you wanted to talk to your local fly shop owner and see if they'd be willing to carry our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. If you'd be willing to do that, just reach out to us and we can figure out a way to make that happen. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm the dense one that doesn't uh, catch your humor, Steve Mathewson. <laughs> and I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Oh.